Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody this morning. Could you stand with me today as we begin to open up this service? Take just a moment, reach over and shake hands with someone near to you. Tell them to get ready. You're about to be blessed. I assure you that you're going to go away enriched by the testimonies and the ministry of Adult Teen Challenge this morning. Brother Paul Ecker is going to be bringing the word here in just a little bit. In fact, we're going to turn the entire service over uh, to, to our guest today. But before we enter in today, I want to share something with you, just echo from life class this morning. You know, when you come into a relationship and the Lordship of Jesus Christ, when you come to Calvary and you accept him and say, I want you to be my Lord and I want a relationship, Lord, with you. I'm not an individual anymore. I'm now in union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good news. The Lord doesn't hand you an invoice. And say, okay, this is going to be a reverse mortgage situation. I need you to set up some payment plans. And for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, you're going to have to pay back. You're going to have to some real hard installments I'm going to require of you. When you come to Calvary, God does not give you an invoice of what is due. He said 2,000 years ago to Telestai, it is finished paid in full. He doesn't give us an invoice. He gives us a receipt. A receipt. Now that is good news. I'm not earning this thing. I'm living it out because the living one is on the inside of me. Could you right now lift your hearts into your hands? Let's welcome the presence of the Lord. We want the anointing that crushes yokes to be in this place today. Father, we come before the throne of grace. And, Lord, we know that we find help in time of need. And I believe today that the anointing, Lord God, is going to crush yokes, open blinded eyes, cause the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the blind to see today. Lord, I believe, almighty God, that we're going to go out of this place, Lord God, knowing you deeper and richer than we've ever known. And I believe today that there are souls that will be brought into the kingdom of God as they surrender this individuality and step into a communion, a relationship, with you. Lord, I pray your blessing on this day, and Lord, we thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Everybody give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. You may be seated. Teen Challenge, if you guys will come, just take over from here. God bless you guys. Let's welcome them. Let her know that we're glad to have them today. Amen.
morning, church. My name is Chad Collins. Good morning. I used to live around here years ago. Um, I've moved away. I was in a bad place in my life. Um, just really wasn't worth anything to anybody, not even to myself. But uh, last year in September, I'd, I'd given it all to the Lord. And he's made remarkable, remarkable work with me. I was addicted to drugs, um, among other things, but drugs are my main thing. And, and uh, now I'm 220 days clean. I give it all to the Lord on that. He gets all the glory. I was looking for for something in my life to just meaning, and he's giving it to me. Uh, he's been working with me and my ex-wife. We've been trying to reconcile our, our relationship. My seven-year-old son, he loves me. Teen Life Challenge has been the best. Paul Ecker, my brothers, the staff, they give us a wonderful place and lots of God, lots of God. We get to go and minister to people like y'all because y'all donate to us, help us get a better life. We thank y'all, we love y'all, we appreciate y'all. Verse I stand on today is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old man is gone. The new man is here. Thank you.
How you guys doing? Uh, my name is Jason Ferris. I'm 38 years old. I'm from Sacramento, California. About five years ago, I moved to Texas. Uh, I grew up pretty poor, no church. Um, by the age of 12, I was in juvenile hall, prison, drugs. That's, just, that's all I had before. Uh, I never knew about God. I never knew about the Holy Spirit. I never knew about freedom. I used to think that when you get out of prison, that's freedom, or when you get released from wherever you're at, that's freedom. But this is freedom right here. This is freedom. That's real freedom. When I was out in the world and I was running around doing what I was doing, I didn't have nothing to fall back on. I didn't have, I didn't have these guys to fall back on. Uh, I'm not perfect by any means. I mess up every single day. But the difference is now, that Holy Spirit hits me. Everything I do, the Holy Spirit hits me, and uh, it's a struggle, and I'm working on it. The verse I stand on today is 2 Corinthians 3.17. Uh, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank you.
my name is Jordan. Uh, I'm 32 years old. Uh, I started my life out. I mean, my parents really, they did drugs. I started doing drugs when I was 12. I spent a whole lot of time in the Hunt County Juvenile Detention Center uh, growing up. And uh, I graduated to the adult prison, been to prison all my life. Every time they send me there, it's drug infested. There's nothing to do down there except, you know, feed, feed your addiction, feed your anger and all that. And uh, I got out of prison this last time. Last summer, I did seven and a half years. I stayed out 77 days. Uh, got a, another meth case. Uh, went to jail. Uh, just thinking, man, I hope they don't send me back to prison. They told me, we'll give you probation and send you to Teen Challenge. I was like, yeah. I figured I got down on them, that I talked my way into it, that my, you know. Then uh, when I got to Teen Challenge, I figured out that I didn't have nothing to do with it. God did it. He sent me here. Uh, now, uh, since I've been here, I just opened my ears and opened my heart to the Lord. And uh, he's changing me. He's helping me. He's working on me. And I'm just blessed to be here. Uh, the verse I stand on today, John 14, 15, if you love me, follow my commandments. Morning, church. My name's Kerry Jones. Uh, I'm from Cooper, Texas, 34 years old. Been to prison twice. Um, I got out. I went to prison the second time for drugs. Um, I lost my grandpa in 2016, right before I went in. Uh, got out and started 
doing more drugs, you know, and uh, I got caught this last dope charge. Uh, I was looking at 10 years back in the prison, and they come at me with a uh, teen challenge, uh, uh, 10 years probation and te adult teen challenge, and I jumped on it. <laughs> um, but God's working on me every day. Um, I don't know, probably if I would have went back to prison, I probably would have got out and started doing more drugs again. Uh, but I thank God for this. Uh, thank Paul Lecker for it. Uh, all the staff, my brothers here, they help me every day. Um, the verse I stand on today, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. In all your, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Thank you all. Good morning, church. My name is Jacob. I'm 40 years old, and um, I'm from Sulphur Springs. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're pretty close, right? Um, I tell you, today I stand before you truly in answered prayer. Many, many prayers went up to get me to where I'm at right now. And one man um, 
really, really helped me. He was a God-fearing man, and he was uh, just doing Jesus' work, doing the Lord's work. So I encourage the church, anytime that you have a chance to spread Jesus, to do it, because you never know what it's going to start in someone else's heart. So I stole from this man, and he, you know, Sulphur Springs is pretty small. Of course, he found out immediately who I was, and he, uh, he called me on it. And um, he could tell in my voice, he said, son, I can tell you're full of conviction. You're sorry for what you've done, and this is probably not how you used to live your life. And I told him, I said, sir, I'm, I'm killing myself with drugs. I meet up. Uh, I, there's no happiness in my life. Um, I'm numbing out just as much as I can, and I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. And uh, this, is, this is what my life's become. And he said I wasn't going to get grace through incarceration. I wasn't going to find that there. You know, that I needed Jesus. I needed Jesus' love. I needed to submit to the Father, my creator, and find some purpose and some meaning in my life. And that was the only thing that was going to do it. And I didn't, uh, he didn't turn me in. Um, I returned his stuff to him. And uh, he offered to help me. I, I didn't take his help at the time. I wasn't ready. But what it did spark in my heart was the fact that this man, I took food off of his table, and here he was trying to save me. You know, because he was a godly man. He knew where I was at. So I started crying out to the Lord, Lord, I'm broken. I am at the end of my rope. I, I, I don't know where else to go. I don't know what else to do. And I don't deserve it, Lord. I don't, I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your love. And, and this may be the last good thing in me that I have is this cry out to you. And, and it worked. He heard me. He, he heard me. He loved me. He started putting things in my life that led me right here to Teen Challenge. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it's all from the grace of God that I'm here. And, and I'm absolutely 100% changed for that. So always show, show your Christian brothers, show your brothers the, the way. Spread the, spread the good news of the gospel. You never know what you're going to do to affect someone's heart. So the verse I stand on is James 4.8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, because that's exactly what happened to me. I started taking a step to him, and he took a step to me, and it's beautiful. So what did I do? I took two more big steps, and here he come my way. And now we're just, I'm right there with him. Thanks, Paul Ecker, for Teen Challenge. Thanks to congregations such as yourself, and just thanks to good Christian men and women around the world who do reach out to lost souls like mine. Because that's what made the difference. We appreciate all the donations we get at Teen Challenge, whether it be a check, clothing, food. It all helps 100%, and we'll never turn it down. But if you really want to find out about the goodness of teen, Adult and Teen Challenge, everybody knows somebody that's struggling. It may be your son. It may be your nephew. It may be your daughter-in-law. It may be your coworker at work that has somebody if you want to know about the goodness of Adult and Teen Challenge, send us another brother. That's how you're really going to find out about it. And that, that'd be the biggest blessing you could give is send someone our way. Thank you all very much. Good morning. My name is Keith Johnson. I'm from the great state of Louisiana, that fabulous city called Baton Rouge. 
home of the 2019 college football champions, the LSU Tigers. And I'm going to let you guys in on something right now. The 21-22 champion, NFL champions will be the New Orleans Saints. We will win the Super Bowl this year. Can I get an amen for somebody? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But seriously, seriously, though, seriously. Back home in Baton Rouge, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago. If, if I were the ODs, my community, nobody would have been surprised. They would say, oh, man, Keith died. I'd say, oh, well. He was doing drugs. Have I been locked up, couldn't get out? Nobody would have been surprised because that's the path that I was on. But I found out that the path that I was on was my path and not the path that God had chosen for me. Man, if you'd have told me that I could go, I started getting high let's say when I was 13, 14 years old. I'm 55 years old right now. And I never had this amount of clean time in my life. God has just done something I just can't even explain. I'm in the reentry phase of this program with, where you have a job. Man, I don't blow my money. I don't wake up hungover. I'm not hiding out, wondering who I owe. Boy, I just thank God for freedom. I just thank God for Paul, and we got another brother, staff member here, brother Jason. Man, I just thank God for Dalton Teen Challenge. That took a guy like me. You understand how messed up I was? And the Dalton Teen Challenge said, we can help you. Nobody ever told me that. People wanted to get away from me. But they say, brother, we can help you. And they have. And the verse I stand on is Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, for he has rescued me from the power of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of his dear son in whom I have redemption and the forgiveness of sin.
Thank you, man. God bless you. Pastor, thank you for the privilege we have of being here in your great church today. And thank you, church, for your faithfulness in taking care of us month after month after month. It's really important because this is some of your results. We didn't bring everybody, but it's enough to make a good noise. Now, your pastor is to be admired for a lot of things. I've worked with him in some other areas, and it's tremendous blessing. But I want to tell you a little situation that you may need to pray for him about. His wife had a dream, and the next day for breakfast as they were getting a little break, drinking coffee together for a change, she told him about the dream and the details of the dream, every imaginable detail. And wives are like that. I have one, so I know. <laughs> I used to have hair on my head, too, young people, when I got married. <laughs> this is what marriage will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody says, Paul, how old are you? I'm 25 plus shipping and handling. That's it, shipping and handling. It's been rough. But anyway, she went to tell him about this beautiful, beautiful pearl necklace that she had a dream about. I mean, how many pearls were on that gold chain? It was the size, the, 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 the glow. It was just a wonderful, beautiful necklace. And in fact, she told him about the box that it came in and all the details with that. And she really let him know that it would be such a wonderful idea, particularly since her birthday was going to be in two or three days. And uh, so uh, he got to thinking about it. Being the type of individual he is, good husband and all that stuff, he thought, well, you know, I've got to do something for her birthday. It's going to be special. So he went shopping. And he didn't have a whole lot of time because he's a very busy man. He has a lot of things going on more than what the average person even begins to think about being a pastor and leader and all that stuff and men's and ministry. He's touched a lot of people's lives, but he is very conscientious about his dear wife. So on the birthday morning, man, there he was. <laughs> he walked in with that gift. It was so beautifully wrapped. You could tell he had taken it to Neiman Marcus and got that box, man. It was like six inches this way by eight inches that way. I mean, it was beautifully wrapped, nice wide ribbon around it and a beautiful bow. Man, she was just jumping inside because she thought, man, I shared my dream with him and he came through. And sure enough, she opened that box. She took that ribbon off. She laid it down because she didn't want anything to happen to it. The bow, she laid it over here. She was so proud of just the wrapping. And she unfolded it and she opened the box and there it was, a book. How to Interpret Dreams. Hi, friend. <laughs> we sang a song. We sing a song. We sing a lot of songs. How the Lord saved us. And I want you to just take a couple seconds, reflect back when you got saved. How many days, weeks, or years or decades ago that you gave your heart to Jesus. If you're not saved, you've drifted off, this is the day to kind of tighten it up to come into that relationship with him. But the question we have, since we can recall when we got saved, what are we doing as a result of that? 
How, how, how are we then living? C.S. Lewis wrote a book, and the title of it was, How Should We Then Live? Because the world in which we live now is saturated with people that don't know the truth or don't care about the truth. In fact, we as Christians, I think we need to make sure we get back to the place where we fear God scripturally and that our confidence is in him. And he's the one that establishes morality. It's not up to us. What we've got to do is say, Lord, what should we then do? How should we then do it? There's a scripture in 2 Peter, the third chapter, and just several little words from that verse just grab me, and I hope that they somehow get a hold of you. And here's that portion of scripture. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So since we know that scripture, and we probably have read it before, what are we doing about it? I mean, just what are we willing to do to extend ourselves so that others will know and experience this Jesus? I read the book of Acts, and I was sharing with two of the guys who were riding with me this morning that uh, about, I, li I, like, I was going through back through the book of Acts, and I'm challenged with the, the detail of the sermon that Peter gave or the testimony or the response that Stephen gave or Paul gave as he had his life changed. And I thought, what about our testimony? Do we have a convincing testimony? Do we put our thoughts together so that somehow our words, our actions, our lifestyle models the truth so that people somehow have opportunity to say yes to Jesus? I was traveling down the road coming from East Texas, and I pulled off for a little stop and a little uh, nourishment because I knew it was 80-some miles before I got to the house. Didn't want to pay us out without having protein. <laughs> and so um, as I'm coming down the ramp, there was a man hitchhiking. It was in, like, February. It was cool, dark, or whatever you call it in Texas, cold. And uh, so, so this guy was hitchhiking, so I pulled over, and he got in, and I said, hi, how you doing? And I said, I'm going into Dallas, and we got back on the highway, and I said, here, my name is Paul. <laughs> he said, I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, I reached over and I locked the door on the car because I told him, I said, I've been waiting to meet you in person for a long time. <laughs> I said, let me see the scars. He said, what scars? I said, the scars in your hands where you hung on the cross. He looked at his hands. He said, I don't have no scars. I said, you're deceived, and the truth is not in you. <laughs> he said, I don't know whether I want to ride back to Dallas with you. I said, I'm doing 73 mile an hour, and I'm not stopping. <laughs> See, the, the, most of the vehicles I drive belong to the ministry. I don't know where the brakes out. <laughs> and, and so I talked to him. I had to just, just, just unfold the scripture. That's why... David says, hide the word in my heart, your heart, so one, I won't sin against God, but that we have something, an answer, the scripture says in the New Testament, that we have an answer for people. See, we have to have something in us if we're going to give something out. But we've got to choose to do it. We've got to pack it in. 
That's a new trendy term now. We've got to unpack the scripture. Well, that's fine. All that stuff. I'm just trying to learn that stuff. But the bottom line is, we've got enough in this that we should. You've got great pastor here. You've got great leadership. But what are we doing with all that we're soaking in and we're recipients of? What we do, we just kind of come and get comfortable and it, what time's up and then we go home and go eat eating, and then next week we come and say, man, we got to do something about this world. Because when Jesus came, the world was dark, but when he left, there had been a light. And so I, I, I used to hear people talk about leaving your mark in society and and. I don't dwell on that phrase or that thought, but I want to make an impact because someday we're going to stand before Jesus. All the way into Dallas, man, I talked to him. After about 40 minutes, he said to me, he said, Paul, he said, I know you're right. He said, but I've been running from God. He said, I have a sister that's been praying for me. He said, in fact, where I'm headed. Did she call you? <laughs> no, but the Holy Spirit did. <laughs> So the, the bottom line, he was going to the other side of the Metroplex. And so, but I was going to this side. And, but anyway, I took him to the other side. Because sometimes I believe we need to extend ourselves. In fact, there's a lot of times we need to go beyond what we would maybe normally do. But I haven't lost anything. You see, I was going up 75 one day to go to a meeting with parole officers. Not for me, but for, for Linda. <laughs> You don't have to repeat that. But it was hot, you know, and you're, I'm sitting in the car, air conditioning, right? And so I looked up a road and the traffic on 75, was, and you know how traffic 70. And so this guy apparently had a flat tire, you could tell the car. So he pulled off, and I thought, what a shame, man. This guy's in there at his car, and it's hot, and all this. He's got to get out and change. And the Lord said, why don't you help me change? I said, Lord, look, I'm, I'm, I'm clean. I'm going to represent a dog teacher. And, I, you know, I need to go respectful. The Lord said, help him change the tire. So I pulled off the road. I got out, pulled in front of him. I came back around. He opened his trunk. He said, what do you want? I said, I'm going to change your tire. He looked at me up and down. I said, get over there. I'll do it. He said, I can. I said, you can't do it as good as I can. So I don't know whether he could or not. So I guess he thought I was a bully or something, so he moved over, and I got the stuff out, and I changed his tire. He said, what are you doing this for? I said, one Thursday night, I said, I was in the church service back east in this church, and I said, and I heard his preacher preach, and I gave my heart to Jesus. I said, when's the last time that you heard the word and that you gave your heart to Jesus? He said, I haven't. <laughs> I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to New York. I said, I know of three churches there. I know there's probably a lot more, but I said of three. One's John 3, 16, and I told him the other one's Metropolitan and all that. I said, go to one of those. Give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus now before you get in the car and drive there. He said, well, I don't know whether I'm ready. I'm still changing this tire, right? Car was up on the jack, right? I'm putting it on, getting ready to tighten. So when it got finished, my hands were all dirty, so we just bumped elbows, kind of like they do, you know, every day around. So anyway, so... He went his way, I went my way. I just prayed for him. Sometimes people aren't ready to respond, but we can pray for people. Now, that incident happened several years back, but he had my card, and he called, and he said, Linda, because he, you know, talk, she answered the phone, Linda. He said, this is John. He said, your husband changed my tire on 75. He said, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. See? And it only... 
listen, I have a buddy from New York in Montserrat. Anyway, he called me a Christian bully. No respect. But anyway, the bottom line is you may have to become something different than what you think you should be. What we got to do is decide we are serving this Jesus. Peter said that twice in that chapter. He said, this Jesus, that's the message that we have to proclaim. This Jesus that saved us, that's healed us, that's provided for us, that's making a way for us, that's providing a place for us to come to. And he sent a comforter for us, not only to enable us and equip us, but to sustain us and help us on this journey and give us the wisdom that we need to share this gospel message. Got to get my glasses on. Can't read what I wrote. Excuse me. You get past 25, then you have to wear these things. I was coming out the highway. Now, I'm not telling you go to pick up hitchhikers. That's part of my calling. Okay? And, and I love it. And it's, I'm coming out 30, right? Leaving the office and this guy's out there with this big German shepherd. And I like puppies. I like dogs. I, I really do. And uh, I told my children I'd trade them in on a dog, but, you know. <laughs> Don't tell them I said that. <clears throat> and my son used me for target practice or something. Anyway, this guy was there and this big old German shepherd sitting on that hot gravel. Man, I could just, oh, ache for that puppy because I thought, man, it's uncomfortable. This guy's out there hitchhiking. I thought, why is that pet with him? Because he doesn't deserve that pet. You know, and I was going through all this disgusting thoughts about him not taking care of that dog. Should have had the dog over there on the grass somewhere. I just stopped at the Phillips Station or whatever it was down there. They changed the name so fast, Shell, you know. And um, I got my little diet soda and a little morsel on <laughs> But I got to tell you what the morsel was because otherwise you won't connect with the story. It was a, a, a taste, uh, Twinkies, Twinkies, two, it's two in a pack. And so, don't have to tell Linda this. This is all stuff inside here now. Okay, what we say in here stays here. And so I pulled over and he opened the door and he said, I got a dog. I said, yeah, that's why I stopped. <laughs> so, so the dog got in the back and it's like she could smell that I had something edible so she put her big head in between that seat looking at me I thought man you know I know I can take this guy <laughs> but even though they tell you never underestimate when you're studying martial arts anyway he, but this guy man he got in squirming and so he the dog man I did a package and I put one of those things in my hand man that dog <laughs> I thought my goodness a vacuum cleaner but anyway I put the other one there and she ate that one too, so I licked the cardboard. <laughs> you see, you have to be willing to share what the Lord has blessed you with. I was down in what do you call it, Lufkin, Texas, and these people in Tyler, where I spoke on a Thursday night of women's things, they they gave me some homemade cookies, I mean a saucer sized cookies. I love them. Raisins and stuff in there that I shouldn't eat, walnuts and all that, pecans, man, it was good. Anyway, and I thought to myself, when I get down there, man, I'm going to get my Diet Coke and eat one of these cooking, brush my teeth and go to bed. Anyway, next morning I got up. Before I did the bed thing and said a little prayer, the Lord said to me while I was praying, he said, tomorrow you're going to pick up a hitchhiker while you're going to Texarkana and get him one of those cookies. 
I thought, Lord, man, these are special cookies. I'll go get them a package. The store. You know, see, we have plan A, B, and C, but are we doing what the Lord says? See, you know people that I'll never know. None of us will ever know, except you. Or you'll run into somebody. I, it's obvious. I mean, because we, we, we mingle with people. See, this, this thing, Jesus, you probably already thought of this, but Jesus is not in quarantine. And the love doesn't stop because of whatever somebody says. We've got to become passionately obsessed with the Lord's not willing any should perish, and neither should we be. And that's the serious truth, man. I was in uh, Sam's the other day, and, and, and um, I'll get back to the big cookies. I was in Sam's the other day and for something. It was official. <laughs> I had to go in there for the little things they give you, little tasty things. <laughs> they just started that back up. <laughs> go in the jacket and take the jacket off, come back around the line and take the tie off. You know, it's Sam's Buffet, whatever you call it. Anyway, I said to Heidi, the one of the managers, assistant manager, I said, when's the Christmas stuff coming out? She just shook her head. She said, a little over two weeks, Paul. You know, see, they're planning on Christmas. You understand? Bill Pastor, man, and his leadership, boy, they've got a plan ahead for a lot of stuff. Can't come up Monday morning, what am I going to do with it? You got, we got to look ahead, and Jesus is coming, and we're not planning really for it. Too many of us are looking for the way out instead of really what does he want us to do until he comes. Who are we going to send ahead of us? So I got through the meeting the next morning, and I'm on my way up 59 at Texas Cane. and I'm going to speak up there at a minister's meeting. And so under the seat, right, is the box of cookies because I had my Diet Coke. And um, Diet Pepsi now. Got away from Diet Coke because they're going goofy on me. Even drinking Dr. Pepper too now. Boy, that's a really something for me. Anyway, I told one of our graduates, Keith Morgan, he did all the plumbing in our building. I told him I'd never touch Diet Dr. Pepper, but now I have to confess that I'm doing it. Don't tell, don't tell Keith. Anyway, so anyway, so I'm going up the road, right? I'm going to enjoy one of those cookies, forgetting about that hitchhiker. I come up about three quarters of a mile out of Lufkin, and there on 59 is this guy. And the Lord said, that's him. I didn't even get to the store to buy the package of cookies I thought I was going to get. Because I was going to give the guy the whole package and keep my cookies. See, we let little things distract us from doing what Jesus wants us to do. You make the list. Be honest with the Lord. It's not me. I'm not evaluating you. All I'm saying, where's the evidence that we're so joyful because Jesus saved us? Do we really appreciate the fact what he went through to make it possible that we got fellowship with God? So when the guy got in, I pulled away from the curb, and I was reminded. So I said to this guy, I said, would you like a cookie? A is one. Right? I didn't tell him that, but that's me, A. That rascal reached in there and grabbed two. I literally, before God, I thought, man, I'm going to pull over and put this guy out. Because if he's going to take two cookies, he got problems. <laughs> but I went up the road with him, and when we got to 20, where he was getting off to go to Tennessee, he said to me, he reached out his hand, he said, Paul, he said, uh, you gave me a ride. 
He said, uh, you fed me your cookies. And he said, you gave me hope. He said, before I get out of this car, he said, I want you to pray that I'll have what you have. See, that's what we are all about. That's it. I mean, we can have all kind of accolades and titles and degrees and all this other stuff. And the possessions, man. But it doesn't really matter because all that stuff is trivial. What really is important is how obedient we are to what Jesus has asked us and directed us to do. When he told those disciples or those troops, the guys, you know, in the upper room, the troops, you know, who they were. anyway, he told them, he said, look, you go wait there until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it was like the inaugural dress. It was the beginning of it. It was for making, I hate to say it this way, but I can't think of another way right now. But it's like, it's a VIP treatment. As we decide that we're going to give it all to Jesus, you, you just got to surrender more. And the more and more surrender, he'll give us what he wants us to have, what he thinks we need. But he'll give us whatever is necessary for what he calls us to do. I believe it with all my heart. Otherwise, well, I wouldn't be able to stand here. I was in the office on a Saturday morning. Of course, I'm here a lot of Saturday mornings. And I had to go to the, put a night deposit in, thank the Lord. And so I thought, well, you know, because I'm a good guy, I'll go up there and I'll put the deposit in and I'll slip up a little further because Ingram Donuts is up on Abrams Road. And I'm not belittling anybody's donut business, but in the Metroplex area, from my experience of yay many donuts, um, those people, they have a donut man with a chocolate cream in it, not pudding, but chocolate cream. I mean, it's some, you know. And I'm a type two, but once in a while, it's okay to cheat. <laughs> but God had a different design because there was a guy that had been in a Dalton challenge that walked off months ago and he was sitting at the bus stop. God's timing. See, when I get up in the morning, wake up, I mean, I try before I get out, out of the bed. You know, I don't float up out of the bed, zoom, have to wake up. Hey, where am I? Linda kids me because I like a nightlight. She said, you're too old for now. I said, I like to know where I am when I wake up. She found out all my sisters, we got eight of them, they, they do the same thing. I don't remember my brothers, but anyway, it was something. But anyway, I say, Lord, help me to be aware and awake and, and, and alert to the opportunities because you don't want anyone to perish. Why should I be different? Why should you be different? So when I saw him over there, I pulled off into the grocery store, park, jumped out of the van, went over, man, sat down on the bench with him. He was waiting for the bus. That's what he said. I said, man, he said, Paul, he said, I'm glad you stopped. He said, I've, I, I've just been doing crazy. He said, and my health is deteriorating. He said, I don't know. They, I may die. I said, are you ready? He said, I need some help. 
So right there on Saturday morning, about 10.30, I left the office and I was sitting at the bus stop there on Abrams Road, holding his hand in one hand and my other hand around his shoulder arm. And I said, man, let's pray. So he wept and asked Jesus to forgive him. He had to go get some things straightened out. But I'm so glad I had this inkling to go to Ingram's because two weeks later, and his name was Dan, Dan passed away. You see, friends, but I'm not here alone. You know, I'm not a one-man army. You make it possible, understand this, you make it possible for every person we talk to, we pray with, or we write to in prison. We got a guy here, Cody, we used to write to over the years for free, and he finally came in. He's doing great. He talks funny because he's from Kentucky. <laughs> I got an interpreter coming. But anyway, uh, the bottom line is this. He knows I pick at him, you know. He thinks I need an interpreter. The Lord is patient. He's long-suffering. That's why he's still giving us time. But I don't know when the time is up. There's a verse in um, Mark 7, uh, 24. And... Uh, I got to close now. The pastor gave me the sign. If you don't appreciate and know this guy, this man is deserves all the accolades, the honor you can give him. Don't wait till October for a minister's time. Just give it to him. He deserves it. <laughs> Some people think I'm active, but I watch him and I'm saying, Ooh, Paul, you got to jack it up a little. Anyway, <laughs> that verse says this. Mark 7, 24, just five words. And they ought to grab every one of us. Jesus was in the region of Tyre. He was trying to get some rest, get away and all that stuff. Pastor needs that. Good gracious, he needs it, especially the schedule he keeps. Anyway, the bottom line, here it is. Ready for this? This woman was bottom. She had a daughter. But she got a hold of him because, but here's the words. Here's the words. Ready? You don't remember them, but you will after this. He, repeat it, he could not be hid. You understand? And when you leave this place, or you leave your home, or you leave your job, or you leave the grocery store, or the bakery, or the 7-Eleven, or gas station, I try to talk to people at the gas station because I know, is there anything I can pray for you about or with? Can I pray now? Or do you know somebody that has a problem? Here's my card. I'm not uncomfortable, awkward, ashamed, intimidated, or whatever else people go through. I know this. When I lay my head on the pillow at night, <laughs> i got to make sure it's honorable between me and the Lord. Let me tell you a little something. i got to close, okay? Is when we go to bed at night, most people do, they set the alarm for the next morning or the next, whenever your day starts. Not really knowing if they're going to hear it. And yet we flippantly go through the days, the weeks, and the months. And we're already planning on Christmas. And there's lost people all around us. That Jesus hung on the cross to pay the price. Bow your heads with me, please. Lord, I thank you for this 
great church. Their expansion of your kingdom, Lord. Many places around the world that I don't even know about, Lord, but they're touching souls and lives and missionaries are there and people are there and pastors and churches are being built and children's lives are being touched in this great church. And the plans are still grinding, Lord, for the next day and the next week and next month. But, Lord, right this morning, there's someone here, maybe two or three or four, I don't know, that they're struggling in their walk, their journey, and they're feeling hopeless. They're feeling like they just overloaded or they, they can't face another hour a day. But, Lord, this morning, the Bible says they that fear the Lord, he will be with them. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Help us, Lord, to come back to the basics of thanking you for saving our soul. And, Lord, for anyone that is struggling today or those, Lord, may right there right now say, yes, Jesus. Right now, Lord, I'm asking you to wash me, to cleanse me, and forgive me my sin. Confess my sins and forgive me my sins from all unrighteousness. And then, Lord, help them to rejoice, not just this morning, but throughout the day. Help them to want to share their testimony with someone real quick, like the woman at the well. She didn't have 10 weeks of assignments and courses, but she went and told about this man. Help us to tell others about Jesus, this Jesus. And, Lord, may this church just bubble and bubble, bubble, not with just activities and thank God for all the ordained activities and ministries and outreaches and and gatherings Lord that are of you but Lord help us Lord to see a change in Greenville Texas Hunt County hallelujah and give you the glory Jesus I thank you when they walk the aisles at Home Depot or McDonald's or wherever else Lord Help us, Lord, to know that we're there to be a testimony because, Lord, we're declaring from this day on we're not willing that any should perish. And like Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. And we'll give you the glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So, Lord, I want to thank Paul Eckerd. He is, and I mean this with every ounce of honor and expression, he is a living legacy. Uh, this man is a true evangelist and has been called uh, to reach those that are lost. But understand, each of you are called to reach those who are lost. And I want to say before we, we take an offering today, I want to talk to the uh, Teen Life Challenge gentlemen. There's some of you that are called to preach the Word of God. You're called. It's evident. You may not see it, but you're called to preach the Word. Follow the Lord and let Him guide you where you need to go. I had a similar testimony of many of those men, and there are those that are in this house today who have similar testimonies. But understand this. God has a call upon your life. And you will not find fulfillment or satisfaction until you surrender to that call. And I love the fact that the Lord said that without him, I can do nothing. So don't even attempt to do anything without him. But he does say, through him, I can do all things. Because God gives us the strength that we need.
Today, you may be here for the first time. It may be, you may have been here a number of times. But let me tell you, today is the day to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and to find the help that you need by accepting him as your Lord and Savior. I encourage you today to surrender all. Now, today we're going to take an offering. Our gentlemen are going to make their way to the back. And as you leave here today, I want you to be encouraged to give as the Lord has given to you. And this offering today, everything that is designated for Teen Challenge, Teen Life Challenge, will go to help further the kingdom of God and help the ministry uh, that you saw here today. Because we know that there are so many in and around us that need this guiding light and this hope we call Teen Challenge. And they will give them the story and the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to say welcome to all of our guests. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I want to a couple of announcements as you stand this morning, as we stand to get ready to dismiss. Uh, we will be hosting uh, again this Tuesday the North Texas Food Bank. And if you haven't signed up, uh, please sign up or just be here at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. We would encourage your help as we minister to the community. Also, uh, next Saturday, it's packed with all of the, a lot of excitement. The ladies are going to go down. The men may not be as excited about this, but the ladies are going to go shopping uh, on uh, August the 14th, 9.45. And the men, guess what you get to do Saturday morning? Come and eat breakfast and bring, and I mean this in all honesty, and I hope this doesn't distract you from coming, bring your shovel because we're going to do some work. <laughs> that bull. Man, that really gets guys stirred up, doesn't it? Uh, all right, I get to go eat breakfast and bring a shovel and dig a hole, and my wife is going to go eat lunch and go shopping. I know it doesn't make sense, but come on. If you got a little bit of time, we'll let you out early for good behavior. All right, and then the empty nesters next Saturday night or next Saturday at five o'clock is going to be the annual ice cream supper. It's going to be supplied by our youth. Our youth are, is return. They are returning from camp uh, this sometime today, and so we thank God. Twenty-two of our youth went to camp. Amen. Seven of our leaders. And so we're just believing God's going to do great things. If you've got your offerings, lift them up to the Lord today, and let's ask the Lord. Father, we come before you today, and we, Lord, we are so grateful for your goodness and mercy and the testimonies that we received here and heard here today by the goodness and the mercy of the Lord. And, Lord, we know today that this offering is going to be blessed beyond measure, Lord, to reach more and more and more of those who are in desperate in need, Lord, of this message of hope. And, Lord, we just thank you today that, Lord, you're going to cause such an overwhelming blessing to be upon the givers today, that, Lord, they're going to be, Lord, feel your favor, Lord God, and see the evidence, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, to give you the praise, you the honor, and you the glory in Jesus' name. But everybody said amen. 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 If you're here for the first time, if you will, take a moment fill out a Connect card. we got a gift for you in the back. God bless. And gentlemen, uh, as, soon as, you're, as soon as you're finished here, come over next door. we got lunch ready for you. God bless today. Amen. Amen.